Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Economist. In Paris, this is The Economist. I'm Miranda Johnson, the paper's environment correspondent. And here with me now to discuss America's efforts to curb emissions is Gina McCarthy, head of the Environmental Protection Agency. Administrator McCarthy, thank you for talking to us. It's been an incredibly busy year for the EPA. I wondered if you could, first of all, tell us how the launch of the Clean Power Plan underpins America's Paris pledge, which is to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions by up to 28% below 2005 levels by 2025. Well, I think, as you know, the president uh, a couple of years ago put out a very large and long climate action plan for action across the administration. But one of the real keystones of that is the Clean Power Plan. And it really is following an energy transition that's happening in the U.S. that is really moving away from high carbon pollution sources to renewables, energy efficiency. And I think you will see over this period of time that we'll get significantly more shift in our resources as renewables are getting less and less expensive, as we're seeing it where the jobs are growing, where the future jobs are. Um, and, and really, I think the utilities are, are seeing this as an opportunity to really invest in our energy system, which has not been invested in a long time. These coal facilities that are making the shift out of the system are because they're 46, 50 years old. You know, they just can no longer compete. And it's wonderful to see a future where the cleanest sources are the most competitive, where they are where jobs are growing, where our future is. Obviously, this appeared on the scenes most officially in August. We had hints that it was coming down the pipeline much before that. I imagine vast amounts of preparation went into the Clean Power Plan. We knew that we had to do incredible outreach. We actually started outreach two years before we actually put pen to paper on the proposal. We ended up generating 4.3 million comments. And that shows you how it wasn't just the utility world or the energy regulators that were invested, but it was human beings, people all across the United States. And it has been a game changer between the President of the United States, President Obama, standing up and reminding people that this is about our children, our future, our economy, our national security, not just our environment. You know, he stood up and and really rallied the troops all across the United States. But the Clean Power Plan ended up being the vehicle that really drew attention at every levels in the United States. You know, we didn't just tell utilities to go in a corner and develop a plan. We told them they had to involve stakeholders. And as a result, there's been a buzz that hasn't happened before about how we not only can do it, but we should do it. And it's gathered some tremendous momentum in every state. The sort of real aim behind the Clean Power Plan is to ensure that carbon pollution from existing power plants drops by about 32% from 2005 levels by 2030. Because of the switch from coal to gas, perhaps over half of that target has already been achieved. Is the Clean Power Plan ambitious enough? 
Well, we actually didn't set it to achieve a particular target. What we tried to do was to look at what opportunities there were for every state to develop their own plan on how they could look at making their current system more efficient, how they could look at fuel switching, how they could look at renewable resources, and then how they could look at the range of other things, like some are investing in nuclear facilities, some are looking at hydroelectric plants, some are looking at opportunities for energy efficiency, which are many. They can design their own plan that suits them on the basis of what their resources are, how they can work with other states moving forward. And we believe that because because it was so flexible, it gives every state an opportunity to look at this not just as meeting a, a particular standard, but how they're going to look at their future. What is the economic opportunities that a low-carbon future brings to them, and how do they maximize that for their own jobs and their economy? The argument always made about renewables is obviously, you know, what do you do when it's not sunny? What do you do when it's not windy? How could the Clean Power Plan alter the way American customers receive their electricity. I mean, will it be increasingly possible, do you think, to get solar from Arizona all the way up to, you know, cold, dark Massachusetts when it's needed? Well, we're looking at the energy infrastructure as well as an administration so that you can access the renewable resources that are available. But I don't know whether people realize the revolution that's happening in renewables right now. When you have solar, that's at 30 times more in terms of its electricity that's generated from solar today than just when this president came in. You've got solar arrays that go on houses that are 50% cheaper than they ever were. It is remarkable. It is not just an ancillary issue. It is competing in the market against fossil. It is competitive. Frankly, states out in the West are purchasing it because it's the cheapest and most reliable. So there is a way to have now renewables into the grid in a system, but it doesn't mean yet that there aren't tremendous opportunities to do better. We're looking at more battery storage capacity. We're looking at developing systems that remotely position the solar arrays differently to capture the light. And part of what we wanted to do was recognize that, you know, the energy system is a market. These utilities need to make money as they move forward. That's how the system works. Because the president's been very clear that while we can make big leaps forward domestically with the technologies we have today and internationally, we still need more. We need better and more renewals. We need better and more reliable and efficient systems and operations. Absolutely. And one final question, if I may. Um, the Clean Power Plan tackles roughly about a third of America's emissions because that's what power plants produce. What's happening for the other two-thirds? Well, you know we went to the vehicles um, already. We, we're going to be doubling fuel efficiency in, in our passenger cars. We're already looking at heavy-duty vehicles, our big cars and trucks, and we're going to be putting out a final rule that gets about a, a billion metric tons of uh, CO2 equivalent reductions. We're looking at hydrofluorocarbons, which are highly global warming, and we're going to be looking towards a 2016 amendment to the Montreal Protocol to take care of that. We're looking at methane in the oil and gas sector with a very aggressive goal. We're looking at methane in landfills. We're doing an awful lot of work across the sectors. Uh, we're also continuing with our voluntary programs. We're, we're putting out a new methane challenge to continue to 
aggressively work with the industry and the oil and gas sector. We're still continuing with an aggressive energy stop program, which is basically looking at how we do more efficient appliances and equipment, houses, buildings. There's tremendous work across the U.S. government and with DOE to make our buildings more efficient, which is another 30% of where you see emissions coming from. So... You know, one of the values of doing a good inventory, which we're trying to convince everybody across the world they need to do, is that it tells you where the emissions are coming from and, frankly, where the opportunities are economically to grab those. Administrator McCarthy, thank you so much for talking to us. In Paris, this is The Economist. The Economist. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.